Grace Auburn Church family, welcome back to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. My name is Lee. I serve as the executive pastor of Grace Auburn and host to this season of the Grace Auburn Church podcast. In this episode two, I'm joined by Caleb Farrow and Carrie Gleemaker, both long-term members of Grace Auburn and part of our staff team for multiple years now. And uh, the two of them across the board have had an extensive amount of time and helping lead different forms of authentic gospel communities, namely community groups. But they're both deeply involved with Grace Campus, Grace Students, uh, internationals, really just involved across the board. And so we had a conversation about how do authentic gospel communities continue to be the main beam, so to speak, of the structure that we've built that we hope as a trellis gives form for a vine to grow on, we hope that authentic gospel communities also give form and place for the life that God is growing within the Grace Auburn family to grow on. And so we talk about that a little bit. We talk about their involvement in community groups. And really, uh, I just sat back and listened to, to, to them tell stories of how authentic gospel community really has been a place for them to belong, to know one another, to pray with and for one another, shared stories of the ways that is happening, the way you, the Grace Auburn Church family, are caring for one another in groups and community. And honestly, it was an incredible joy of mine to talk about with them of how we actually see the Grace Auburn Church family bearing with one another, caring for one another. And as Paul says in Galatians, and so you fulfill the law of Christ. So it was a gift and a joy. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Caleb Farrow and Carrie Gleemaker. Hey, Grace Auburn, welcome back to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. Today, uh, I am so excited to be here joined by two of our staff members, Caleb Farrow and Carrie Gleemaker. Welcome, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to have you guys here. My name is Lee, and I serve as our executive pastor. And this podcast, hopefully, God willing, moving forward, will be a place of encouragement, a place of ongoing dialogue and conversations uh, that we won't have on Sunday morning as we intend to gather for worship and proclaim the gospel and preach scripture and work through entire books of the Bible, uh, working with our kids and all of their families on Sunday morning. But specifically uh, in this inaugural season of the Grace Auburn Church podcast, it's really our desire to ask, why do we do the things we do? Why do we do the things we do in worship. We talked about this in the last episode, Matt and I did, about why the corporate reading of Scripture together. Why do we pray for unreached people groups? Why do we uh, consistently hold to a rhythm of baptizing on a consistent basis? Uh, why do we take communion every week? Why do we preach the way that we preach through whole books of the Bible? And so uh, the church podcast specifically, I hope as it grows, can be a space where we have a lot of conversations that we want to have uh, whether it be with staff as we are today or it be with elders or other leaders or members of our church having conversations that I think are important for us to have. So the two of you specifically uh, have been involved in leading groups across the board in a whole host of varieties. And, then, and actually prior to Grace Auburn have been a part of leading groups in a multitude of church contexts. Um, both, as I said, in the life of this church and in years leading up to this point. And so I want to discuss today in this episode communities, specifically authentic gospel community. And we're going to get all the way down to while there are multiple forms that that could take, we're, we're also um, going to talk specifically about community groups uh, as a primary vehicle by which we carry out 
the mission, so to speak. Um, so I want to just, by way of reminder, say that Grace Auburn exists for the city, for the campus and nations to know and love Jesus by establishing authentic gospel communities. So the, the what is that more people in the city, more people on campus, and the nations that God has brought here and the nations abroad would know and love Jesus, and the means by which we do that is through authentic gospel communities. And so I want to paint a picture just for a few moments of a growing vine. If you plant a vine, and you just pick your vine, right? And it doesn't matter if it's a muscadine vine, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if you plant it, it will grow along the ground. It will do what living things do. If it has good soil and a root system, it will grow. But without any support, it kind of grows wild and in all directions. Uh, it, it can, in, in some ways, be a detriment to its own success as it grows, as it kind of eats up space that it wasn't meant to eat up. But if that vine is given a trellis, if it's given a support system to grow on, well, then it's free to grow in the form that it's been given around the trellis. And the vine keeper, the vine dresser, does his job, and, and Jesus has an, an incredibly beautiful analogy for the way our life is meant to be uh, in abiding with him and being pruned and shaped by the vine dresser along the trellis of the gospel. And so that is big picture for the church, but we as Grace Auburn have said if we think that authentic gospel community is the primary means, the primary trellis by which the people of God here in this local church grow, then what does that look like? How does it take shape, so to speak? How can the people of God bear more fruit if they are free to grow within the form of the trellis that we feel like God has called us to be? Uh, as a church, as I've said, we exist um, in communities together, but we also have a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. And a we have our normal life, our normal week, whether it be in our workplace, place, whether it be uh, on campus or whether it be in middle school or high school or wherever it is that we find ourselves. Uh, as I said, in episode one, we talked about how we gather together in worship. This episode, what I'd like to do is have a dialogue about what does it look like for us to be scattered into the community. Um, a wise missiologist once said that community groups uh, really serve as outposts in the community, carrying the mission that God has given this church into all the little pockets that we find ourselves in. And while authentic gospel communities can vary in size and shape, and some of them look like men's and women's communities, some of them look like Grace Campus, some of them uh, look like a variety of things, Bible studies gathering throughout the week, community groups, we continue to come back to this model as our primary means of bringing people in to community. Uh, so uh, kind of big picture, high level question here. How have you guys seen um, the, the mission that God has given this church? How have you guys really seen that play out in your experience coming into Grace Auburn? If you can remember back to however long ago it was coming into Grace Auburn sometime around COVID for Carrie. Um, and shortly thereafter, for you, Caleb, um, how have you seen that kind of playing itself out in your experience, Grace Auburn? So free to shoot from the hip here. So, Carrie, you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, part of our story of authentic gospel community is just being called to mm. this church um, from a church in the Midwest uh, really sensing, Dave and I really sensing God calling us to be a part of a church start up. And so kind of we were rightly focused, I think, when we moved here that this was going to be a ground 
from a ground up. Mm. We weren't coming here with established relationships with people. We did know um, one family in particular, but we were leaving a lot behind. And so this was our heartbeat was to find authentic gospel community. And I will say um, from the start, one of the things, you know, that this whole podcast is going to be about is to get into a community group. Mm. And, um, and the ironic thing is that that community group was Caleb's. Um, and you know, by being part of that group, also another neat thing was even in the taking of communion, meeting a young lady, Mm. that young lady then showing up in that same community group, then that relationship, authentic relationship, really started growing um, from that point. And so I would say, you know, even through COVID, which was horrible Mm. to move to a new place, and four months later, COVID happened. And But it was through the community group that we had only been a part of maybe two and a half months that we had relationship already to be able to care for one another and people check on us and us check on other people. So I think um, it's been a part of our story from the minute we had boots on the ground here. That's so good. Uh, Y'all's coming from the Midwest to be a part of Grace Auburn is a is a podcast in and of itself. So I think, I think we will definitely have that conversation at some point. Caleb, as you guys moved to Auburn, um, really looking for a fresh start, not even knowing what vocational ministry might look for you long-term at that point, share your experience coming into community groups in particular, how you've seen, uh, specifically when we think about how groups are to care for one another, to love one another, to serve one another. Um, what was your experience like coming into that as you guys came to Grace Auburn? Yeah, our, our story of coming here, um, we, we landed in Auburn in a season of kind of needing redemption and needing um, some uh, healing in, in our life and in our family. And mm. um, without going into all of those details, we found uh, all of that in in our community group. And we started, we landed in the Bush community group in Holly Bush and very yes. thankful for um, their love and care. And um, if we were to track back, we would see that a lot of community groups have been birthed out of their <laughs> uh, community group. And so yes. they they embody um, that authentic gospel community very well and, and very thankful for that season. And, um, and so we received a lot of it, a lot of what our hearts were needing and mm. not even knowing that's what we were needing. Mm. I think that's one of the unique things about coming to Grace Auburn and, and being in these community groups is our hearts were longing for something and it wasn't until we were in it that we went, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Right. There, there it is. We, it. Did, we, we couldn't pinpoint it until being in that position and being able to receive and care and, and to be cared for and yeah. to walk alongside and to sit in a room that was multi-generational and share hearts with one another and hear burdens of each other and um, and see college students passionately loving Jesus and caring for our kids yeah. and loving our children and in, in ways they have no idea caring for us yeah. in, in that way too. Yeah. And so, you know, our experience with, with community groups was, was so... Um, memorable for us and it meant a lot to us then and it means a lot to us now yeah um it it is one that we do not um 
that we do not take lightly because we have seen in a season of crisis for us and for our family how, how helpful it was and the way God used that to redeem a lot and restore a lot in our personal walk with the Lord as well as um, our relationship to the local church. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back and try to find and include in the show notes y'all's podcast that we did do. We mm. rec- the, the recording of your story coming in. Yeah. Um, it was during COVID. We were trying to figure out ways of just talking about, man, what does life even look like now? I think in a very uh, cliche way, now looking back in 2020, I think it was called the new normal. And I think there were like 700 versions of that named right. being on a podcast <laughs> right. yep. while people tried to figure out right. what does life look like uh, post COVID. But both of you came in to Grace Auburn early. I'm going to say early in a sense of the first few years of the life of this church, but since 2020, since COVID um, kind of came to its now normalized form of we're just living with this thing that has a name, um, Grace Auburn has grown tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were days where there were six, seven, maybe eight community groups, uh, Ben and Holly Bush having faithfully led from the very beginning. I've been accused on more than one occasion for stealing leaders out from underneath Ben and Holly Bush um, by Ben and Holly Bush directly to my face. That's not them talking about me. So Ben and Holly, if you're listening, God bless you. I love you. Um, but I, I want to ask just the question uh, and, and feel the freedom to go with, you know, stories of, you know, your current groups, because you're both leading community groups right. currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, your groups look very different. Uh, you guys are in very different stages of life. We will not, we yeah. will not include any, any, any numbers and ages Thank in you. this conversation, but we will. I think you guys, you represent a wide breadth of stage of life in terms of how groups can look and how they often do look. Um, as we continue to grow, uh, and again, feel free to tell the stories uh, of, of what's going on currently in your groups and we had this conversation this morning as a staff as we think about how are we continuing to lead well as this church continues to grow. How do you guys see groups being central? Um, and, and when we say groups, I think it's important for me to go ahead and say that community groups for us meet a minimum of twice a month. They gather in homes. They are co-ed, intergenerational, college students, high school students to retired folks all gathering together for the purpose of a shared experience across the board as we walk with Jesus and genuinely giving us the ability to love one another well, to bear with one another. But as we grow, if that's what community groups are, um, how do you see them working out as central to what we do as a church as we continue to grow? Well, before Carrie answers this question, I do want to take a second to honor her in this of uh, in this conversation. Carrie and Dave were, were in our first community group that we got to lead, um, and we were so thankful for their wisdom and insight to be in that community group, mm. and they bring such a value to every group setting that they are mm. in. Um, and so just very thankful for that, and also was very upset when y'all asked them to leave and <laughs> yeah. lead a community group as well. Yeah, those are early, de- early days of church planting, man. It's <laughs> like, hey, you love Jesus, and you know what you're doing with people and how to love them well, you should for sure lead a group. <laughs> But, but I will say that the fruit of that decision by mm. y'all and for them and for the life of the church has yielded so much fruit. Mm. And so, um, so before, before Carrie answered that question, I just wanted to, <laughs> to input that in and to say You're too kind. what Carrie. she's going to share no. is, is 100% true 
of who they are mm. and and it is from an outside perspective that me as college pastor get to see her mm. and Dave love so faithfully college yeah. students um, and all people in their community group. Um, and so, so now I'll let you answer well, the question. And then <laughs> we had good examples. We had, we had great uh, examples to follow mm. um, for sure. Cause Caleb and Sarah do it well. Mm. They do it really well. Um, <clears throat> I obviously see it as a major part of yeah. church growth yeah. And, um, for example, a story to go along with that is um, there are a couple of young men who are now attending Grace Auburn that are stationed at Fort Benning. Mm. And one of them had kind of already started, you know, really getting plugged in, didn't have anywhere to go at Easter. We hosted a group Mm. of people at Easter Um, and said to this young man, you know, hey, if you haven't settled in a community group, we'd love to have you join us. You can try ours out. Mm. It's okay if you don't like the feel. Um, He brought this other young man with him. Mm. And um, so we had two uh, fine military young men join our group. And the the second one to come has now been attending Grace Auburn and he attends for two services mm. because he drives over an hour with a change of time yeah. to get here. Yeah. And um, that's the value mm. of a community group. You may invite one person to come in, yeah. and but we have no idea the, the impact that they have on other people mm. that need authentic gospel community. Um, I've seen that happen with college students, um, and that's one of the the tensions that we have on keeping community groups at a manageable size um, and realizing you can't um, minister and share well if it gets to be a certain number. But these college students, you know, they want to bring their roommate that's or right. they want to bring um, – somebody that they've just met because they are sensing that they have found it, like you Mm -hmm. said, Caleb. And when they find it, they want to share it with other people. Um, So I think it's going to be essential as we continue to grow that we are able to funnel people in as they want to, as they're how, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, want to be part of a smaller setting um, but get to be loved on and get to love on, yeah. pour in and pour out um, with other people. The, the level of ownership from our students. Like, I mean, I, I remember what being in college was like. This, the, the way our students love one another, care for our families, show up, invite yeah. their friends, serve their friends. I, I was not that college student. Me neither. No way. Yeah. I, the world fully revolved around me then. And by the grace of God, we've gotten to where we are now right. together, right? right. But yeah. I just think, oh, Lord, you have given us such a gift. And being in Auburn yeah. and being in Auburn with this mission and this vision and being in Auburn with this mission and this vision with a bunch of students and young people and uh, young families and uh, you know people in their 40s right. and 50s and 60s. Um, and in their 80s, like Matt, like there's this very, <laughs> there's this very real sense of God is at work here, mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and I have to tell my friends. When I think it's this, it's birthed out of this desire in all of us to know other people and to be known by other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the critiques that that I push forward in our college students is they're 
coming into Grace Auburn, not necessarily critiques, more of an encouragement for them, is to not live their four-plus years here in the vacuum that is 19 to 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They bring a lot of value and added value, certainly, um, but there is so much wisdom outside of that vacuum that they live in because um, they're in class together, they're at work together, yeah. they're playing together, mm-hmm. they're sitting with one another at church and all of these things. And to go, if you spend four years here as a college student, you, in that vacuum, you've missed a lot. Not only you have missed a lot, but we have missed a yeah, lot yeah. Right. as your yes. church family. Yes. Yeah. And I could sit here and share story after story for the next two hours right. of our college students who have faithfully bought into that vision. And it has been such an encouragement to our community groups, mm. yeah. not just the leaders, but the families of yeah. whether it were, was free babysitting or it was um, going to a t-ball game. I've witnessed this mm-hmm. personally, seeing college students show up to a t-ball game of their community group families and yeah. to watch the kids and to just be a part of living life with one another. And and the, the fruit that that yields, we may not know it, but it is significantly greater and will carry forward mm. as our college students leave and as our kids grow up. Right. Um, and when my, <clears throat> my son the other day, he's Judah six, and we had some college students over and one of them had to sneak out, not sneak out, one of them had to leave uh, to go to something else. And my son was so upset that he didn't say goodbye uh, yeah. that I had to FaceTime him <laughs> so that my son could say goodbye to him. And just it was just a yeah. simple goodbye, goodnight conversation. Yeah. And it was those, those are the moments that are significantly sweet that just that are the central part of this church that as we grow yeah. must stay necessary yeah. and yes. must stay primary because there are going to be people that we don't know that sit in the worship space beside us. That's right. But we must understand that we're called to know and be known. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a there's a responsibility for all of us within uh, within that calling yeah, uh, amongst right. us all. Yeah. And I think specifically for college students, you know, and I've we Dave and I modeled this because of the things you say, Caleb, but we we want we don't want to create a consumer mentality about mm. church mm. we want to create a um i'm a participant mm-hmm. in the life of the church i don't just come in and consume yeah. i am a part of and what that means going back to our mission statement and to our um, document that we ask members to sign is that you are you are a part of what we're doing at Grace Auburn. Right. You're not just, we don't want for you to just sit in the pews and be the consumer. We want you to invest yeah. in the local church yeah. so that when you leave Auburn, yeah. you know what that looks like. Yeah, that's right. And you will go be an investor in your local church and not a consumer. So we collectively, and I, we could, I, th- I think at some point we need to sit down and come up with the number of collective years that from Matt to you guys and myself included, that we have spent deeply investing in the lives of college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I think Matt and I, but just between Matt and I, it's 22 years. Yeah, I was going to say decades total, for sure. Decades yeah. for yeah. sure on both, on both of our ends. But if you're a, a, a young family or you're recently retired and moving here or, or you're in your... 40s and you're still single or so many different walks of life so many different experiences so many different church experiences 
consistently I get the feeling that people largely sell themselves short when they think about sharing their life with mm-hmm. a young person and they automatically right. think I have to be a mentor which means I have to have gotten to here or I have to have arrived to be able to invite a college student into my life when in reality while that can be the case some of the time most of the time it's just man I'm just a few steps farther down this road right I can share with you my life my mistakes my joys the victories and honestly you can see me fail as a parent you can see me succeed as a parent. You can see me be short with my wife and then ask for her forgiveness. Mm-hmm. All of those things matter tremendously. So we do that with one another across the spectrum. We see older couples modeling that well. We see middle-aged couples really working it out with kids in the home. And we see college students coming in going, man, I do have, I, I do have, I don't have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But I've got time, I've got excitement, I've got passion for the Lord, and I've got a, a certain set of giftings uh, and ability that I think will serve this church. And I think that's what's been so sweet to watch, is that as soon as college students kind of catch a vision for that, even if they came out of a consumer mindset or they came from a place where they could just show up, worship, and leave, man, in so many ways, we don't, let, we don't want to and, let, and don't even allow you to do that for the purpose of your good, your holiness, your right. growth, and for the sake mm-hmm. of just the overall life of this church. Right. All right. So community groups meeting the way that they do, college students, high school students, adults, uh, everything, uh, everybody kind of across the, the gamut of, of life, so to speak. What are some of the challenges you guys have faced just in your own group? And I mean, get down to the practical of, Carrie, you kind of alluded to size and friends telling friends, telling friends, telling friends, and you guys have a pool and it's like, oh, we're going to the Gleanmaker's house. <laughs> like all the things... <laughs> You guys have two young kids, Caleb. Just what are some of the challenges that you've seen in your own groups, challenges you've heard in your group, uh, just kind of as we've grown? Go ahead, Caleb. You can go first. You guys can't keep pointing yeah. at yeah. each other <laughs> when Every I ask a question. Like, yeah, you, know, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say this is both a challenge as well as it has been a blessing. Mm. Um, our group is, is a makeup of um, – many different nationalities. Um, and it's such a joy to mm-hmm. hear, um, as we ask questions from Sunday sermon, we ask them and we get the, um, probably what I would say, a, a, a very cultural Christianity answer burst out of our own soul a lot of times. Um, so I'm not putting this on anyone else, but then we have people from across the globe yeah. that are answering this question mm-hmm. from uh, a primarily Muslim background or primarily um, African upbringing mm-hmm. and just all of these different cultures and mm. Japanese upbringing that, that we get to hear from. And while it is so good to hear from those, that it's also challenging at times. Sure. Um, the cultural differences, and it's only for us, it's a small taste of what our brothers and sisters in Christ are sitting mm. across the, the room are facing on a regular occasion, uh, meaning they're in a different home culture. That's right. They're, they're, they're not where they grew up. And so for us, it's been a challenge to go, how can we consistently think of them? Yeah. Um, and, and then with our kids, and as they're growing up in that, exposing them to those worldviews that mm. are mm. good and right because they're Christian worldviews, but they come with a different lens yeah. based on the culture that these people grew up in, and they are so sweet and kind to, to share mm. with that. And so in a lot of ways, it is a blessing, but it also presents its its challenges sure. that those relationships um, 
you know, if you're if you're hanging with someone that is in the same season of life and likes the same things that you like and grew up in the same area that you grew up in, those relationships are easy. Yeah, that's right. They come yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, but the relationships that are uh, cross cultural, even amongst believer to believer, right. is not quite as simple and as easy as you would want it to be. Yeah. Um, but it has yielded so much fruit for us and has been so rewarding for our kids and for myself and my wife Sarah um, that we are so incredibly thankful that we get that that moment to mm. hear and to share burdens with and to see tears and to cry alongside yep. our brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling because of what their family members are walking through across the globe. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, so that would say I would say that that would be one that we're currently witnessing as yeah. a difficulty. Yeah. Yet it is an, a huge encouragement at the same time. That's good. Carrie, what about you guys? Uh, well, and I was going to just add to that that I think especially here in Auburn, um, a lot of our international students don't have vehicles to be able to drive themselves to community. So I know for us, we have a, an international student in our community group. Thankfully we have a family that's willing to pick him up Mm -hmm. and bring him. Otherwise he can't come. And so that, that's another obstacle, unfortunately, um, when we talk about community groups, but I would agree wholeheartedly that, um, that added world perspective um, get us out of our Western easy mm-hmm. culture and hear the stories that he shares mm. or the prayer requests that he shares yep. um, it has been just life transforming for mm-hmm. a lot of people. I would say for our group, um, one of the challenges we have um, is we don't have space in our, in our house for childcare. Yeah. We don't have an area where the kids can go. Right. Um, and so, therefore, we are a no children allowed community group or whatever. We do have a couple that, yeah. that attends, um, but they have family in town that provide childcare, yeah. which is a gift um, to, to them, but also to us yeah, so yeah. that that couple can be a part of our group and actually, you know, kind of be understudies in some way as we hope that they'll be community group leaders one day. Not yet. Okay, Lee, no. Not yes. yet. They're yes. not ready. I promise. I promise. They're no, no, they're more than ready. <laughs> they are more than ready, but, um, we've, we love them so much, but I think that is a challenge for us that we are not able to open our community groups to families with kids. Yeah. And so I think we miss that dynamic of having those kids be a part of the group. Um, so I, 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 that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, we're not asking people to go buy different houses, right? Right, and no, so no. I, we're going to work with what we work have. Work with what we have. Yeah. My, my last question with that is, is it worth it? Like, if you think about it, there are a whole lot of cleaner ways. <laughs> I mean, Sunday school, for one, that's not a knock on Sunday school. It's like, you could make the argument that it is a whole lot easier to just build more space in a building that is for the purpose of community groups on Sunday morning. And that, I think, has worked in generations and in seasons. It's not the one that we're currently in, and it's not what the Lord has called us to. So is the mess, let's just call it the mess, Mm -hmm. of authentic gospel community, is it worth it, and how so? I'm going to answer right away, Caleb, Um, because a week ago we had graduation party for our we had several in our community group that were graduating. And the thing that they kept saying over and over again, and this gives me chill bumps, and mm. may make me cry, is that they felt like our house 
they would say, we got to come home mm. every Thursday, and we knew this was a safe place mm. for us to be. Mm. And I won't ever let that go, mm. you know, that they felt like that was their home. Yeah. And and to their credit, they were pretty darn consistent about coming home every other Thursday. Mm. And so, yes, is it time consuming? Is it put up tables, take chairs, the dog freaking out because she knows <laughs> that her people are coming? Um, <laughs> the food, the, I would not. I wouldn't trade it for anything, mm, anything good. in this world um, to have people feel that that is a safe place, yeah. a home yeah. versus a classroom at church. Not that that can't happen sure. there, yeah, yeah. but there is something about a home setting yeah. that creates a different environment. And um, and I, I think, I, like I said, we're 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 signed up. Yeah, we're signed up. Yeah, I would say absolutely it is worth it. I, coming from the world that, that I came from, um, there's a, a term that I, I mean, I'm sure somebody else much wiser than I came up with it, but I, coming here, I have kind of coined this term of programmed relationships mm-hmm. or event-driven relationships. Yeah. And, often, <clears throat> and often what we find is when it is always, the only time that we uh, come alongside someone is, is in a church building and it is in a programmed thing, um, those relationships aren't quite as authentic as we would hope them to be. Mm. And so although we may know a name and we may know a face, uh, we don't know their heart. Whereas sitting across the table from someone and sharing dinner with them and then sitting around talking about God's Word and talking about what He is teaching us and the practical applications, it just it, it feels different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it allows for, in a lot of cases, a lot more authenticity mm-hmm. in our sharing yeah. and a lot Absolutely. more authenticity in our prayer requests and mm. in what we can come alongside one another in. Um, and, and so certainly it, the, the mess is worth it. And I would be remiss to not, um, to not mention that, that our community group is led and taught by Hoffman, Ron, and very thankful for uh, his teaching in week in and, and week out there. Um, but he has three also to, to, in that mentioning was on purpose to say they have kids too. And so yeah. their kids are around our kids and mm-hmm. we're getting, we're getting so, to learn from Hoffman and Courtney about parenting their kids and protecting their children and teaching their children the gospel and how to share the gospel and how to love mm. their unbelieving neighbors and, and friends and all of these things that, that we're getting to watch and learn from them as well. So it's not just this, it's not just the international relationships and they are phenomenal and thankful for their shaping and molding our, our faith in Jesus. Um, and it's not just the college kids and getting to hear from them, but it's also the parenting styles that, um, that are different in a lot of ways. They're similar in a lot of ways, but we get to learn from one another. And so I feel like we are better, me and Sarah are both better followers of Jesus and husbands and um, wife and, uh, and parents because of this relationship that we get to be in and, and big brothers and sisters in Christ right. to these college students. Mm. That's good. Yeah. There are so many places throughout the New Testament where the one another's, and we've used yeah. that phrase over and over again over the course of this conversation. Paul mm-hmm. puts it this way to the Galatians. He says, bear one another's burdens mm-hmm. 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. If, if there was a law, if there was a rule, if there was a standard, if there was a means by which Jesus would have us love one another, it would be in bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. We do that through praying together that, that the one another's actually find their fulfillment when we know one another, care for one another, pray for one another, and genuinely know one another. This mm-hmm. is, as that same missiologist said, a deep and rugged commitment to one another that binds us to one another, that binds us together as we follow Jesus with all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. On behalf of the Grace Auburn Church family, thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website, graceauburn.church.